Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Hidden in Plain Sight. We're your hosts. I'm Jenny. I'm Echo. And I'm Joe. So in, in honor of the Oscar, the historic Oscar win, we thought we would spend this episode talking about the representation of Asian, Asian Americans on the silver screen in Hollywood. We're going to take you down memory lane and, and uh, share some examples of how the representation of Asian um, actors and actresses have, has changed over time for, for better or worse. And, and I think it's, it would be helpful to remind ourselves and the audience how that ties back to the theme of our podcast, which is Asians in the Workplace. So we should make sure that we leave a little bit of time to kind of tie that in. And for me, it's about representation. It's about fit, right? Asians being fit to lead in Hollywood, Asians being, being fit to lead in the workplace. So I just wanted to, to see like where, where you are at. Yeah, Jenny, can we actually start with like talking about the, the Oscar that we had uh, this past weekend? Because I just wanted to, I can't wait to share like my thoughts on that <laughs> before we get down to the me- memory in there. Yeah, so yeah, so we, should we open up with that? I know I know you are eager to talk about that. So just, just for some context, because this is probably going to air like long after this has happened, but you know, last Sunday was the Oscars and which movie swept up all the awards? Everything, everywhere. everywhere. All at once. <laughs> the multiverse, yay. So yeah, what are you thinking, Echo? Yeah, so, I mean, of course, like we kind of already like seen, like even like before the Oscars, like three of us are talking, we were like, oh, we don't think, like, Michelle going to make it because, like, well, she does one, like, uh, she does win, like, a couple of awards before this already, but we were like, oh, will that be, like, Oscar this time, right? Um, I was confident. I mean, I, I had hope. Yeah, she got the SAG. I think she got the Golden Globe, and I didn't want to say anything out loud, but I'm like, she better win the Oscar. Yeah. For, so for me, like, I, I kind of more of like on the conservative side, I was like, oh, this, well, we'll see like it wins, wins something, but it's probably not going to give her the, the winner. Um, and, and what ended up happening, I think it won like seven or eight out of 10 nominations, uh, including like the best actress and best leading, uh, well, leading actress. Um, and then the supporting actors, supporting actress, and then the best picture. Best director, best screenplay, pretty much they won everything, almost everything. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is something. Like, this is like more than what I would expect to a degree that I almost feel like, is this like an overcompensate? And then when I'm looking at like all the other movies, I was like, yeah, it's also like a year of like, you don't really see, like it didn't look like there are some years in the history that you have like so many really like awesome movies like in a row. So yeah, no wonder. So overcompensating, do you think, so could you explain a little bit about what you mean by that? Is it the Oscars that are overcompensating? Because look how inclusive we are. Look how much we love Asians. Is that is that what you're meaning? To, to a certain degree, I think yes. Like, 
because I think someone were joking around like last year was like a black Oscar, and then this year was like an Asian Oscar. To a certain degree, that make me feel that way. The and as a matter of fact, I think there are some movie critics who are saying like this movie wasn't that good, but. Is it that as good as like win like eight out of ten? Um, but even like the supporting role, Ki Hui Kwan, like、mm-hmm. the character he portrayed. Like I watched the movie, even like in that movie, I felt like that is a stereotypical Asian male character that he played. Even though like yeah, like he knows like how to play kung fu. Um, on the other end, I also find out like one of my favorite. Uh, actor was also like in the judge,、um, and also an Asian.、Um, so I, I know like because the judge, the pool of judge, also become more diverse, so it can incorporate more voice into this.、Uh, but anyway, I'm just gonna stop here, and because I, I saw like Doug. <laughs> yeah, Doug. So we are. What What are you thinking? Because it looks like you have something to say. Um, I think the last. Person of color to win uh, uh, an Oscar for best、uh, leading actress is, I think, Halle Berry in two thousand two, and、um, you know Michelle Yeoh is the next one, and we're at twenty twenty three. I don't know.、Uh, I've only seen Everything Everywhere at Once. I didn't see the other the other movies.、I、actually, didn't watch the Oscars. I saw it come through my、uh, news feed through New York Times and and Friends. Uh, someone told me that、uh, the best supporting actor won, thanked his mom, and got off stage. I thought it was pretty cool,、um, but I don't want to discount the the work that's that's there. And they got the you know, and、uh, and Michelle Yeoh got the win, and I think that's that's a big、uh, thing for her to have、mm-hmm. for people who look like her or who support her. To have as well too, so I, they can say whatever they want now at this point. If they're the competitors weren't that great or whatever this year, Michelle Yeoh still won. Like that's、yeah. a fact. She's an Oscar-winning actress or actor, however you want to label it. That's who she is now. She didn't get one out of out of out of pity because there are some of those as well too. Um, I think the the role that this was originally written for by the Daniels was supposed to go to Jackie Chan in the first place. <laughs> I think last yeah, and last year he got one of those you know here's an Emmy for your you know or not Emmy but your Oscar for your lifetime worth of work because he, the work that he does really doesn't have a category,、mm-hmm. but he didn't get the spotlight that Michelle got, you know. Sunday night,、yeah. you know. So, big ups to 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 really her, and I hope she gets to celebrate, and I hope we get to celebrate it as well too. And look, I think there's always going to be discounts.、Um, any any movie or mi- any、uh, actor or actress, and we can do that, and we can、uh, you know cut down other actors and actresses as well too. But I would really want to just celebrate the win, the historic win. That happened、uh, this last uh, uh, Sunday.、Yeah. I agree with you. I I don't think there it, it was a pity award,、um, and I actually do think going back to what you said about Echo, what you said about Kihai Kwan's role. Yes, it is an Asian role. I mean, it's an Asian American family. 
Um, but I think what was really interesting about the way they depicted him on screen was he's so three-dimensional. And, and I mean, we'll, we'll get to this before, but if you look at the portrayal of Asian, Asian American men in Hollywood over their history, they're always shown as the nerd, the, the sidekick, the geek, you know, the, the asexualized man. But in this movie, he plays so many different roles. Sure, he does the kung fu thing, but he also plays a husband. He plays a dad. He plays, you know, in one in one multiverse, he plays this sexy Hollywood executive, you know, this mysterious guy. And it, it's in a way, it's, it's paying homage to all the roles that uh, or all the ways um, Asian men were not depicted in three-dimensional ways. So I thought it was just... It was well-deserved. Um, and honestly, I haven't watched any of the other movies, so maybe I am biased. But I mean, there was no other movie like it. It's so original. It's completely original, creative. Um, and the fact that it was an all-Asian Asian American cast, um, I think just speaks volumes to, you know, there is a audience for this. Mostly, right? I, I think Jamie Lee Curtis does sound Asian. The honorary <laughs> Asian, yes. She was great too. the what this really like mimic in the workplace is she's that one person female in tech leadership when i say this is because in the world in this like a kung fu movie world it has been a very male dominant market and the fact that her own upbringing like she came from a very rich family in malaysia and the fact that she put effort into this and make all those hard work like I felt like it stick even like that, like the, she even like a joke with uh, Jackie Chen about like Jackie Chen didn't want this role in the first place and she'll get the role. It's almost like made this legendary historical moment on like female in the tech leadership, that type of like a double barrier or like whatever the, the difficulties she is facing over the years. One word that I pick up from another like YouTube clip was wacky, meaning like it's a it's a wacky movie that has some like very fun moment, but those moments was carried in such like peculiar way. AKA different. It's different. It's original. It's um it's not your typical melodrama all white cast. So maybe maybe that's playing into it as well yeah. i mean echo I, I see your i actually didn't know michelle grew up like that but i think in the movie she portrayed a you know an immigrant woman you know trying to make it and seeing the struggles and being a part of that sandwich generation mm -hmm. of having to raise um uh, an uh, asian american daughter who, who is a lesbian and who she can't find the at the moment the energy mm -hmm. to tell her father or the granddaughter's grandfather that 
they're a couple. Mm -hmm. And that was a struggle there. And I think on top of just trying to make ends meet and making sure all these uh, little things happen in the workplace. Uh, and I don't know, I, I felt like it was a story that just has not been told, at least uh, in Hollywood, of the immigrant story. And maybe that's my bias, right? That's my perspective on this is that they have kind of tapped into something um, with this and the multiverse. And uh, it was a little weird here and there, but I mean, I think, I don't know. I think there's a lot of creativity that, that came into play that made it unique, that made, you know, Michelle Yeoh, not the typical Michelle Yeoh that we know of the Kung Fu uh, master that she is. I think the role that I think the Daniels had her play was uh, you're not supposed to know how to do these things, right? Your body knows how to do these things because you have somehow downloaded this from another universe and that is a part of you now, right? And she's like flabbergasted that she's this movie star in one and uh, have all these other achievements and others, but I love the fact that they, they have this play on words of just because her daughter's name is Joy. Every universe that she goes to, she's always tr trying to find joy. And that's her happiness. And I, I love that. Um, that's just my view on, on the movie. Yeah, well, we have a lot to unpack. But I mean, I, I, I'm with you, um, Duck, on, on, on the fact that they portrayed a very humble you know, financially struggling Asian American family. And I think that was awesome. Mm. So not all Asians are crazy rich. You know, we, we, we struggle with taxes. You know, some of us are struggling with, with family problems and, and divorce issues and, you know, issues and problems between parents and, and, and kids. So it was just very humanizing. Mm. Yeah. One of the uh, actor, one of the Daniels, uh, or sorry, the directors, one of the Daniels, um, the the Asian one, um, actually, like if you look at their, uh, he's like a Wikipedia page or something. He actually had like imposter syndrome, um, which I found was interesting because so we we talked about this before. Is like how Asians are you sometimes like us trying to making things better, and sometimes like we will have this imposter syndrome. And I thought, hmm, is it just him or is it just more Asian thing? Uh, so I just picked it up on, on, that, on that. That's a whole nother topic. Whether he likes it or not, he's a, he's an Oscar winning director now, whether he, he thinks he's an imposter or not, he's, he's, he's got one of those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, imposter syndrome, we could probably spend an entire episode just talking about that and how that manifests for Asian um, Asians in the workplace. So shall we move on to the, the main crux of our episode today, which is kind of briefly going over the history of how Asians were portrayed in Hollywood. start with originally back in the day how were asians depicted and i think james hong talked about this at the what was it the sag award 
right? Yeah. Which movie do we want to start with? Maybe we should just briefly talk about originally back in the day, how were Asians portrayed in Hollywood? Who portrayed them? Was it Asian actors? No, no, you're 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 shaking your head. <laughs> Putting up a little X on my camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, great question, Jenny. Uh, you know, I think um, as you allude to, um, Asian actors were portrayed actually by actually white people. Um, I think Mickey Rourke actually got an endorsement from the New York Times for how amazing of an actor he was. The movie Breakfast at Tiffany's came out when he actually played a Japanese uh, landlord in that movie. Uh, he put on some uh, buck teeth and put some tape on his eyes. And I think Song alluded to that. Back in the day when he was growing up, Asians were portrayed by white people who put tape on their eyes to uh, portray them. And it's uh, so... Ah, oh, it's kind of so frustrating because I, uh, um, I actually didn't know about this until I think I watched, uh, I think the uh, there's a Bruce Lee movie that came out in the 90s, uh, Dragon or something like that. It actually showcased, it was knocking on the fourth wall a little bit, showing him and his wife, his white wife, going to breakfast at Tiffany's, and Bruce Lee being uncomfortable that Mickey Rourke, a white guy, was was betraying this Japanese character. You know, really not re representing him, not representing Asian Americans, and it just it just showed that frustration in that movie. I think I learned it from that movie. That I watched Breakfast at Tiffany when I saw that scene. I was frustrated at it as well, mm. but I also realized that that was not the only movie that was like yeah. that, one of them, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yep, and there's a there's a thing. There's actually a phrase that we use to to refer to that, which is yellow face. Yeah, yeah. And I think the sad thing about this was, you know, what, Breakfast at Tiffany's was 1961? Mm, okay. 62 mm -hmm. years ago? Mm -hmm. So it was like, well, it can't happen now, can it? <laughs> well, <laughs> you got some bad this, news. Yeah, but isn't this still carry on? Well, I guess, like, not till, like, the latest one that we saw was Doctor Strange, played by Tilda Swinton as the um, Asian one. Was that the most recent one? Like that was like 2016, so not that long ago, seven years mm -hmm. ago. Yeah, yeah. And then before that, um, you know, there was uh, Benedict Cumberbatch playing Khan, K-H-A-N, which is a very Asian name. That was from 2013, Star Trek Into Darkness. And then there were some other ones, right? Aloha with Emma Stone. She was supposed to play someone who was like uh, a quarter Chinese and then yep. Scarlett Johansson, ScarJo, got a lot of got, got a lot of criticism because she was cast in the role of um, Ghost in the Shell. It was supposed to be a Japanese woman. Uh, there was a lot of outcry among not just Asian Americans but also fans of of of, of the movie um, Ghost in the Shell, saying this is, you know, this is not right. Emma Stone got a lot of shit for it too. I think at one point she she mentions it in SNL. What do you? What's your take on that? You know, I, I think people are speaking up. It is, but it's also sometimes if I'm tying this back to like a workplace, I think a lot of places where the story to focus on the diverse representation is because they cared about the market, they care about their customer base because they know their customer are not going to be happy about seeing only like 
white or male people on their client facing roles. And so they started to having that representation so they can entering into those markets, which I think in this case is, well, I guess like the reason why they use those white cast was because they felt like, oh, they then they can like cater into more of like local need because uh, they felt like the most of the customers or the market the, um, or the, the viewers are white or they assume this is what people liked about. Um, but the fact is all those outcries actually make them realized, hey, there are other like diverse, more diverse viewers out there and they're not very happy about this. But I'm also hoping this is not not primarily driven by the market share. This is not primary not driven primarily due to this. I'm hoping there's something more that they are thinking uh, than just like cared about their viewership. Well, I just want to mention the movies flopped. So Aloha flopped, Ghost in the Shell flopped. So I think people spoke like, we're not going to see this. And I think that's, that is the main driver. Um, sorry to say, I don't think it's because out of the goodness of their heart, it's because they want to make money. And people spoke with their wallets. And I'm sure it's not only just like, because the viewers are Asians, that's also because like the, I mean, even like the mainstream doesn't like it. So a small pocket of the viewer that not happy about this. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, uh, I did, when I heard that about Dr. Strange, oh, I wanted, I'm, I'm a big Marvel, I love Marvel comics. I wanted to see that and I refused to watch Dr. Strange. I was just so pissed about it. Like Tilda Swinton as the ancient one, I'm like, give me a break. You know, uh, Scarlett Johansson as, uh, I think it was Makoto uh, Kusanagi. I think that's from the original um, Japanese anime, I think from the, I want to say 1990s or something like that. It's an amazing, amazing movie. And I absolutely love it. And it actually talks about artificial intelligence and how sometimes like uh, things like can start to think on their own. And the major plays a big role in this. And of course, it's, I think she's referred to as, um, you know, Kusanagi most of the time in the anime, but of course in the movie, they just renamed it to this major omitting or omitting the name of uh, Kusanagi, which is of, of course, of Japanese descent. And that really pissed me off as well too, because like, not only are you omitting that, you're erasing that part as well too, hoping that people who don't know won't know and the people who do know won't care. And that's actually very frustrating. positive note so recently what have we been been seeing um you know and i guess in the past even like five years you know how has asian representation in hollywood changed you know um one of the most i think um crazy rich asians when it came out in 2018 was something that 
uh, it, I'm still marveling over because before that, I think um, another Holly movie that had an all Asian cast was The Namesake. And prior to that is actually the Joy Luck Club, I think from like 1995 or something. So the fact that when, uh, you know, it, Crazy Rich Asians came out, I mean, I was, uh, I liked it because it had that. I also liked it because Gemma is also uh-huh. on my phone as my wall. wall. I mean, she is a gorgeous actress. <laughs> she, she is. <laughs> but I thought that was, um, I mean, I thought it was, pretty cool to have an all Asian cast and to see something modern like that, have folks go from like, they're traveling from Singapore to New York to do business or to uh, take on uh, a, a different uh, businesses and to see that they travel the world and do these things mm-hmm. like other normal folks and to see that they are looking for love too. That's, that was amazing to me. It shows Asian men in a very three-dimensional, positive light. And that's one of the things I loved about Crazy Rich Asians. Like, it was showing Asian men as being desirable, as being sexy. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, that was the reason why I felt like one's role played in in the everything everywhere at once was a bit of like well at least like the husband role that he played in bit of like stereotypical like asian male like that wasn't portrayed as like masculine or like desirable by other people i think we came at a very different angle that helped i think the main character i i don't remember what he said but he was i thought he helped persuade michelle yo to just find happiness or joy and to really care for you know, another person deeply as, as what I remember. And I don't think you hear that much in that much in Kung Fu movies to, to really just care about others. You know, so I would say, I would say, I would you know beg to differ that it wasn't a stereotypical role. I think if we do want to talk about stereotypical roles, we can talk about 16 Candles and Long Duck Dong and how he was portrayed as meek and didn't speak English and couldn't speak to girls in high school. Like that, that is, that is an embarrassment. And I know, you know, some, some, probably some actors probably feel that way, but that's what they needed to do to make that money at the time. There's a part of me that doesn't really fault them for that. But I think as we progress, like we need our Asian actors and actresses to say no to these stereotypical roles because it doesn't paint them or us in a positive light. And I think, Part of this podcast is really showcasing that look folks we got a lot of really talented folks that are here in plain sight and you need to recognize us yeah yeah and we are multi-dimensional and also echo he was playing a dad like he's a 51 year old guy playing a, a dad so uh, and, and and he does like in one multiverse he does you know you know he's this debonair sexy mysterious you know Hollywood executive, um, but I I do agree with you Duck that that's one of the reasons why I thought the role was so amazing was because he's portraying this like family guy who's unhappy with his marriage because his wife is just not seeing him and he doesn't feel wanted he doesn't feel like you know he's happy so I, I thought it was very you know multidimensional. And um, yeah, not stereotypical. I tease Echo for a second, and we can edit this out if we want to. 
uh, who is uh, who's his wife? This guy's uh, wife, Ki uh, Ki Juan. What, what's his wife? Echo. Echo, are you speaking on somebody uh, someone else's behalf? Is, is my question. <laughs> is there frustrations that you are? Yeah, I saw the name when I laughed at it. Yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> this is how I really feel about this character. <laughs> I thought that was so sweet. So when he was thanking his wife on um at the Oscars, I was like, oh, his wife's name is Echo. Maybe I was like, um, oh yeah, yeah, that part. Um, no, I was like, I was going back to like, like the movie itself. Like maybe I was just probably like have set such a high bar into like what like the that husband role that that role should be look like compared to like some of the roles that we've seen in more like Western movies. Um, yeah, but to your point, like it was actually portraying like a very typical traditional Asian family. Um, so, yeah. So I, I saw that other example that we have was um, from White Lotus, the, the most recent example of season two, Will Sharp. Yeah. Yeah, Will Sharp. He is a Japanese British actor. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people really like that character. And it was like supposed to be played by some, like another like white guy, um, but somehow like people just put him on the on the spot, and he actually married to a white woman in the in the movie uh, in the TV sh- series itself. Well, she's she's actually Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican and white, and she there's a line in the in the season where she says, "Oh, we are the the other couple's white passing friends." So both of them are biracial. Both of them are, you know, they, they look white-ish. So I, I thought that was also very interesting how they played on that um, and talking about what, what it's like being in their shoes surrounded by all these white people. You know, they're white passing, but they're not really. Like she's, and I think they even mentioned like she's Puerto Rican, like or her parents are Puerto Rican. Um, and then he's he's obviously biracial. So again, like I, in the in the series, he's portrayed as you know a CEO. You know, he's married to a hot wife. He's agentic. He he gets into a fight. I mean, we don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen the the show. But I, I think it's a it's a good change. I mean, if you compare that to what was portrayed what sixty years ago by white people, yeah, or having other roles wiped out and just played by white actors or actresses. Uh, in movies, uh, which was, you know, quite recent. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing this back to the, the theme of the podcast, you know, how how do how does this uh, relate to Asians in the workplace? I mean, like, to start with, there is, I think I, I talked about this a little bit earlier, like, breaking that stereotypes in the representation itself that all seems like what the industry has already been doing or the company is trying to do right now. Um, like, yeah, like I see Michelle Yeoh win the Oscar the same level as like the 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 Fortune 500 company had the first female CEO or like first female Asian, Asian female on their board, 
that's almost like in that like well but again like right now at this moment he she is still the only asian female so we all know what that like only thing um on the board on the uh, on the on the table that will also um having like a different implications so tying to that is like we wanted to see more and more of faces like that showing up on our big screen for me i would say you know the oscar is just like this pinnacle award of excellence in, in in cinema and to see michelle yo get it and you know i'm just smiling from ear to ear I'm just thinking this is symbolic that we've always had the talent, right? It's there. She got recognized and I hope this trickles through and this is an artifact within the system that we see other Asian and Asian Americans get recognized in the workplace for the work that they're able to do, the work they can do and the leadership that they can have and the skills that they can bring to the organization. That's, that's kind of what I saw or felt and hoped uh, in a way, all at once, <laughs> all at once. When I when I heard that she won, uh, and I'm like, I you know I think we you know in in our little uh, uh, group chat that we had, you know in this prep, I think we've been sending like little uh, memes here and there to each other, and I'm like, I gotta send something over. I gotta show how how Michelle Yeoh's mom's so proud of her. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. I for me, it's like it's it's a, it's an artifact of of this um this thing that's happening right that's going to move away from like we're not going to allow white actors and actresses to play folks who are supposed to be asian asian american we're try to wipe us out in movies and, and erase our names we're going to know about it and we're going to not vote with our dollars and if you put good folks in that can play really good roles we're going to support them and we're going to showcase to you that we can do the work, we can take on the role. Yep, yep. Um, so what I'm hearing is um, like a few things. The first one is the glass ceiling has been broken um, and it's been broken by Michelle Yeoh. And I also heard Echo you saying uh, what, it's, what it means to be the only Asian woman who has won that award. So it is sort of like, it's a lot to carry for one person. And then from Duck, I'm hearing, you know, we've always been here. We're everything, everywhere, all at once, but now we're being recognized. I love it. And I just wanted to add to that, you know, the fact that Asian Americans, because this study was about Asian Americans, um, are the least uh, likely group to be seen as leaders in the workplace. And this was based on a um, report by, I think, Ascend. There was a HBR article about this as well by um, what was a G and Peck, um, for those of you who mm -hmm. want to look it up. But it just shows that um, Asian Americans have the worst leadership outcomes out of any group in the workplace which is, I think, some people find it surprising because a lot of people think we are overrepresented. We're everywhere, right? Oh, there's too many Asians or too many Asians. But in reality, when you really look at the numbers, we, we don't really make it past that a certain level within the organization. So I think what we saw at the Oscars mm -hmm. was 
a huge F you to that misconception that Asians are not fit to be leaders. And that that actually remind me one of the interview that uh, he, Kuang, um, that made a couple of like days ago, like he was like, he actually was quite like, he made a, a little bit of fame in the Hong Kong movie market um, back in the days. And then when he moved over to the U.S., but what ended up happening is like all the movies don't want Asian cast. So all he can play is those like sidekicks and those like smaller roles. And to a point like he had to transition to behind the screen, meaning like he needs to do some of the production work uh, back in the days. So it's almost like, and then like people were saying like, oh, we're still like so happy you still kept this on you because like after all those years haven't been an actor and now you have been able to pull it off. But I was like, in the movie industry, there aren't even like opportunities for Asians. So if we're thinking about that pipeline, there's not even like anything like in that pipeline to begin with. Um, I felt like there's a huge gap even from that perspective to see that, let alone like going to that leadership role. Yeah. Greg, Echo, I think you bring up a great point with the, just even the getting to the top of funnel, right, in the pipeline. And it really reminded me of, I think, um, uh, when Bruce Lee was in the Green Hornet, right? He was a sidekick, right? And I think he also uh, came up with the idea of the, um, the, the, the would-be series called Kung Fu, played by David Carradine, who was uh, put in makeup to make a look more Asian. Uh, I actually didn't really know about that until like in the 90s, I started watching like Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. And then bring it back to some of these scenes back from like the 60s and 70s. But apparently David Carradine was supposed to be playing an Asian person. I had no idea in the 90s until later, you know. What? He wasn't Asian? What? No, and this was Bruce idea to to have someone walking around like sharing the, the ideas and philosophy of Kung Fu to solve everyday problems. So... Oh, I don't know. Like I, I, I hear you on the the pipeline isn't there. The we get uh, pushed aside, ideas get stolen. But I really want to come back to the whole. Michelle Yo made it, and I, you know that's it's gonna make. I mean that's that's a rising tide that's gonna like raise all boats, you know, and raise our expectations for what. She's going to be part of, hey, when we think of best actress, best uh, Oscar-winning actress, actor, she's one of them. That's it. Mike Brown. That's it. She's one of them. Oh, another thing, since we talk about how this tied to workplace, um, I also like mentioned this slightly earlier. Daniel Wu was one of the Oscar uh, judge. And he mentioned on his like Instagram, he voted for like Michelle Yeoh. Um, and so as we in, think about like in, importance of like the, the raters in the, in the organization, like you being the, the boss or um, the, the, the management started to making those promotion decisions, like who you wanted to cast that vote to. 
I think that also matters, right? Like as you see more and more people being in that management role, being in that leadership role, they have more decision power at play. So I, I think that's also important. Danny Wu is also like a American actor, but started his movie career in Hong Kong. Yeah. Wasn't there a, a couple of years ago we had like the Oscar so white and it, it it kind of turned out that a lot of the um, Academy voters were mostly white and hopefully, you know, they made some changes to it. And I think this is, you know, symbolic of, um, in a way, an artifact of Hollywood, but also in organizations as well, too, is that the power is, centra is centralized around, um, you know, uh, mm -hmm. whiteness quite a bit. Uh, I was actually speaking to another um, person at work and, you know, she's a, she's a black woman. She knows that I think she's like, I feel like she's in her mid fifties or so. And she knows that she's kind of hit her peak or she can't go any, any further. And she told me, look, these interns that these folks have been hiring, I've been training them. They think they've been doing all this work and training their interns, but it's me that's telling them how to do this and that and getting them ready. These they're, they're they're doing these managers of theirs think that they're doing all this but it's really me and i'm like that's amazing that you recognize that and you recognize the talent that's there the managers don't see that but you're able to get them ready and sing them up and she's like i gotta when i see this talent i gotta bring them up right because there's a limitation to where i'm at but for them they're a different generation and I got to get to a different stage. And that's that's my goal. And I, I love that. I mean, just hearing that from her. And this was just a conversation in passing. I'm like, wow, I'm going to support this person as much as I can within this organization so that she can do continue to do that. And I can continue to maybe play a small role in supporting that as well, too. Seeing the talent that's out there and lifting other people up so that they can move forward, um, you know, uh, irrespective of the role that I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's beautiful, like Rainbow Coalition, like we bring each other up, we bring other mm. BIPOCs along, um, because we can't do it on our own. Like, this is not an Asian issue. This is not, you know, uh, or a black issue. Like, we, we have to band together and bring each other along, because otherwise, you know, we're just not, we're not going to make as much progress. So I, I love that. Yeah, divided we fall. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I really stand. So, so while you were talking, I um, I know Echo, you always do this. So uh, I just asked ChatGPT to write a poem about the historic Oscar win for Everything Everywhere All at Once. It's quite long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, I'll read the last part. A triumph of imagination and art, a message of hope that touched every heart. And so we celebrate this historic night with cheers and applause, with joy and delight. For this is more than just a movie, it's a masterpiece, a work of beauty. And as we bask in its glory and fame, we know that it will never be the same. Oh. Wait, can I share something that, po poetic now too? <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. Well, I think one of the, the shortest poems is, I think, uh, Adam Haddam. I think that's syllable, uh, three syllables. Uh, I, I want to tap into uh, you know uh, Ali a little bit, and when he was giving a graduation uh, commencement speech, someone challenged him to make sure that he was, I think he was at Harvard, Harvard worthy. Like, give us a poem. 
So, of course, Ali's always able to think on his feet. And he said, me, we. And I thought that was beautiful. And I want to out, outdo the greatest. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, that was, that was Ali. Here, here, here's, here's me trying to up, one up the greatest. <laughs> and mine, it would be, us. Okay. <laughs> all of us. All of us. It's going to take all of us. All right. Um, and I hope, yeah, this is, I love this conversation that we're having. I hope this continues in our, you know, the, with our listeners and within our community to really bring each other along, right? Because there's going to be times where we struggle and time where we need help. And I hope we're there for each other to uplift each other, to remind each other that we can do it and we will do it. And we have seen others like us do it already. So we're just repeating it, you know? But where there are rules not like that, we may have to bra- you know, break that glass ceiling and do it. And I'm so thankful that Michelle Yeoh has done that at the Oscar last week. So I'm still, yeah. <laughs> Fast in that quarry. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to a, another episode of Hidden in Plain Sight. We'll catch you again on our next episode on all things Asian in the workplace. Bye.